Friday, hour number two underway. This is it. It's happening. You're here for it. Thank you. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, the Pete Callender Show, 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. Let me jump over here to Roy real quick. He was calling in at the uh, last hour. He has held over. Roy, is this, wait, is this Roy Cooper? Uh, no, it is not Roy Cooper. Okay. Well, Roy, what's up? What's going on? <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. Um, no, so, no, no, really. Don't be. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we've had a family business here in Charlotte for about 52 years, um, and we produce things that are different. I'll say that. And uh, so it, it's interesting. A lot of the people that we work with, they think we're very liberal because of what we do, and we're not because we're business owners. Um so a lot of the people come in and tell us stuff. Uh, <laughs> so we had a quite a few of our vendors come in, and a lot of their college kids voted here, and then they voted elsewhere, South <gasps> Carolina, Georgia, uh, because there's really no voter ID laws. So they were able to just go in and register and vote wherever they, they wanted to. Um, you know, and also the same thing happened with our neighbors next door. They're moved here from Texas, they voted here in North Carolina, and then they voted in Texas. So for someone to say, oh, we don't really need voter ID laws, I, I think that's a, a little bit of a stretch uh, to try to convince people that, you know, it's so hard to get a license or any other form of ID to walk in there and show someone something before you actually vote. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's just a few examples that, that we ran across uh, in the last election. So, uh, yeah, I totally agree with you, and uh, I'll take all my comments off uh, off air, okay? Okay. All right, Roy, I appreciate it. Best of luck in the business as well. Well, I mean, he's been doing it for 50 years, so I'm sure they're, they're, they don't need luck. Uh, they, so, yeah, th- this is one of the concerns about um, letting college kids vote where they go to school, and it's why Democrats are always trying to register college kids. It's because they are typically more left of center, right? The college kids are going out and voting for uh, Democrats in the areas they attend college. So they're, they're actually transforming the towns. Like, all right, I went to Winthrop university, um, in Rock Hill and, uh, I was, you know, from New York. I was not allowed to vote in Rock Hill elections though. I was, if I wanted to vote, I had to mail in my ballot absentee back in New York. And, uh, for that first election was 1992, I think. And, um, yeah, it was the presidential race of 92. And uh, I did not send it back in time. And so I did not get, I was disenfranchised. I didn't get to vote. My vote did not count. And subsequently after that, I uh, established residency in South Carolina. And then I was able to vote and get in-state college tuition rates. So, right, that's the... That's the way you're supposed to do that. And there is a legitimate argument. And I know there are a lot of lefties that disagree that this is even a legitimate argument. But it is that if you don't have permanent residency in the college town that you are temporarily residing in, you should not be able to affect the direction of that society, of that town. Because you're not going to be there. Now, if you would like to get rid of your uh, residency in your home state where you are, I would note, probably, you know, declaring residency because you are a dependent of your family, of your parents at that point, right? Then you should be giving that up and voting in the place where you attend college. 
Now, the uh, the counter argument is, well, no, they're living there and they were there for four years. And if you had moved to someplace, you're going to spend the majority of your time there for four years, then you should be able to have that kind of influence and impact on your local community. I understand that argument as well. But then you got to give up the residency in the other state. And this is why that cross-check system is so important. And when you... And I have yet to hear a compelling argument against a cross-check system, the state cross-check system, which is, hey, uh, South Carolina, we're North Carolina. Why don't you give us a list of your voters? We'll give you a list of our voters, and then we can run them through the uh, the computer uh, machines and have them check to see if there are any matches of, you know, last name, first name, last name, and last four of social and birth date. Because if you do that, you're going to catch anybody that's still registered in both places, and you're definitely going to catch them if they vote. Why don't we have that? See, like there are this idea that voter ID is going to catch everybody who's cheating. It's not true, right? It's not. It's not going to catch all of the fraud. It's not designed to. It, it, I mean, if somebody's in a different state and they come here, they could vote. As Roy was saying, they could vote in both states. So voter ID is not necessarily going to catch that. Unless, of course, they've changed their residency and now they have a driver's license from the new state. See, but in North Carolina, our legislation, much like all these other states, is they'll accept a student ID, which, of course, is asinine because a student ID doesn't show you a residency. It just says I'm enrolled at this college. That's it. My student ID never had a had an address even when I lived off campus. So what does that mean? So if I'm, especially in a border town, if I'm living in Charlotte and I'm going to college at Winthrop, then I get to get a Winthrop ID so what, I can go vote in Rock Hill? Like, this is the stupidity of using student ID because it doesn't show residency. And even if it did, we need a, we need a, a, a safeguard so kids aren't voting in both places. Let me go over here to RC. Hello, RC. Welcome to the show. Hi, Pete. Hey. I, I, this is so stupid to me. I am from Ohio. We had to show our driver's license when we registered. Um, we signed our names. The ladies at the voting polls, we gave them our, um, like wherever our voting poll was, you gave them your driver's license. They checked. To see if that's where you live, mm-hmm. they checked that that was your indeed your your signature, and then you went on to vote. I moved down to North Carolina about five years ago. I go to the voting poll, give them my ID, and they're like, "What's that?" I said, "To show you who I am." The lady looked at me like I was insane. Mm-hmm. I'm appalled that. That this is the case. In fact, when I when I left Ohio, I got a notice because I hadn't voted in Ohio, and said, "Hey, uh, did you move?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'm sorry, I forgot to let you know." So Ohio let me know that I missed the voting cycle, and they and I said, "No, I'm living in North Carolina." Gave them my address. It's pretty simple. I don't understand. Either you have a driver's license or you get some kind of a state ID. Right. It's not that. It is not that hard. I I went to college. 
and I still had to do a provision like a, a absentee ba- ballot. My daughter went to school in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and she would send in a um, absentee ballot because she was not a resident of the state of Pennsylvania. Right. No, it's it, it. These are these are very simple measures, and I appreciate the call, RC. These are very simple measures. When you stack them together, they create security around the system. And that breeds confidence. Now, I'm really going to make you mad. The uh, the state of North Carolina, the legislation that is being argued over and it's the funding for it is actually in the budget. They actually will come to your house to give you the ID. They will do that for you. They have a mobile ID unit that they want to send out to do this to help people who can't get an ID. There is literally no more argument against it. A split three-judge panel, so two of them, blocked North Carolina's photo voter ID law on Friday, ruling that the policy is discriminatory. The law, Senate Bill 824, requires voters to present a photo ID in order to vote. Two Wake County Superior Court judges, both Democrats, ruled that the law violates the state's constitution because, quote, it was adopted with a discriminatory purpose. They did not explain in their ruling the evidence of this discriminatory purpose. They had no record of anybody saying anything about we want to, you know, stop people from voting because we're trying to discriminate. They got nothing like that. They had no evidence to support this. They rejected the idea that a black Democrat, by the way, state senator, former state senator Joel Ford from right here in Mecklenburg County, one of the co-sponsors of the bill. He was called in to testify and they tried to make an argument based on some leftist crazy professor out of Emory University in Atlanta. And she wrote a book about white rage and she made the argument in court that Joel Ford is apparently suffering from white rage. That's why he co-sponsored the voter ID bill. It, it defies logic. It defies logic. This is, again, voter ID, a popular idea among all racial groups. The only people, voter ID, is not the majority supported position is among white liberals. That's it. Every other group is all on board with photo ID to vote. Especially in North Carolina, where you've got so many different uh, types of ID that you can use. It's kind of ridiculous. They have created one of the most liberal um, voter ID uh, uh, regimens, or regimes, I guess you would say, uh, in the entire nation. And it's still not good enough you almost get the sense that nothing's good enough because, of course, nothing is. The whole point is to rally and motivate a base by saying Republicans are racist. Now, I I should also point out here that there are probably lots of stupid people that actually do believe this to be true. They do believe it. But there are a whole bunch of other people that are using that stupidity in order to motivate and agitate. And I know this is going to be a lot to ask, but... For folks who are covering the back and forth on the voter ID stuff and, you know, the legislature in general, I simply, I make this plea. Consider just for a moment 
as you are contemplating your stories and you're writing it and you're going to do some interviews or whatever, I just simply ask, please consider the possibility, as remote as it might be, that Democrats are actually behaving in a partisan manner. Just let the thought cross your mind for a moment or two and just see if it might influence the questions you might have for them. And maybe it, you know, inspires some rethinking or an an examination of the possible motives for some of these ridiculous arguments that they make. Just throwing it out there. All right, just spitballing here. Not telling you how to live your life. JC, welcome to the show. Hello, JC. What's going on? Hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm all right. What's up? Good. I can tell you that you can vote twice in different states because I did it. Uh, I moved to South Carolina in 2016, registered to vote, got my South Carolina ID, and I went and voted. And then I went back to North Carolina, since I'm just right across the border, and I voted. (laughs) Why would you admit to this on the radio? I'm sorry? Why would you admit to this on the radio if it's true? Why would you admit this? I'm just telling you it can be done. And that you did it. I mean, that's I know it can be done. To me, the headline here is that you're saying you did it. That's the bigger news. Yeah, that's the bigger news. So why would you why would you call in to tell me that you've committed vote fraud? Because the, the politicians don't believe that it can be done. No, do you th- do wait, do you really believe that? They're morons. All right. Well, that's that's actually more believable. Um, no, I, I I don't I don't think that, that that politicians believe it cannot be done. I I think you would actually be hard pressed to find a single elected official who knows or well yeah a single elected official who doesn't know that it can be done obviously it can be done dan forrest told everybody how to do it in a youtube video and everybody was all upset about it yeah yeah so why did you do it you you did it to try to affect the outcome of a of an election no i just wanted to see if it could be done oh well all right um is jc your actual name please tell me you did not use your real initials Absolutely not. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, so, do I dare ask? Uh, do I dare ask uh, who you voted for? Because honestly, if you were just trying to run a test, you should. Yeah, I was going to say, if you were just trying to run a test, you should have voted opposite, so as to cancel the votes out to not have any impact. If you were simply doing it to test rather than to actually influence. And I did vote against Roy Cooper. Well, I mean, I do appreciate that, but I can't, I, I can't condone election fraud. I mean, it's just, it, you know, it's wrong. Because here's what you did. You, you canceled out somebody else's vote that voted appropriately and legitimately. Right? I mean, like, you realize that, right? You, you disenfranchised oh, yeah. somebody. And I, if I wanted to, I'm sure I could have done it this past election. Well, yes. Any, yes, you can, you can vote in multiple states. Like, it is possible. Absolutely. And it's, that's it's why, that's not why legal. That's why we need voter ID. So how would the photo ID have stopped that from happening? In South Carolina, when I transferred there, uh, they took my North Carolina driver's license and issued me a, a South Carolina license. Mm-hmm. And because you didn't have the license, you were able to go vote in person in North Carolina. Here's the problem, though. You were right. still on right, and you were still on the voting rolls 
in North Carolina. Right. right. You, your, your address changed. And, not, and this is part of the other problem. I appreciate the call, JC, and I do not at all condone. I actually condemn your uh, election fraud because it's just terrible. You shouldn't do that. All right, what do you say I get to actually some of the uh, court ruling? How about that? Yeah, all right. It's exciting stuff. <laughs> well, first, here's the Daily Caller's write-up uh, real quick on it, is that the uh, the majority, the two Democrat judges, um, they cited a 2015 study that was cited by Buncombe County State Senator Terry Van Dyne, who is a left-wing moonbat, I can tell you, um, that found at least 5.9% of registered voters lacked identification and that 9.6% of black voters, quote, lacked acceptable ID compared to 4.5% of registered white voters under a previous election bill. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, under a, a what? A previous election bill? So there was a previous election bill that you're going by. A 2015 study of a previous election bill. Okay, that's going to be important here for just bear with me. The majority, the two judges, also said that the law was discriminatory because, quote, since a greater percentage of black voters live in poverty, black voters face greater hurdles to acquiring photo ID. So this is your this is this is the crossover, by the way with critical race theory, anti-racism, the garbage that Ibram X. Kendi uh, uh, vomits out to school districts like CMS. This is, you might say it intersects. This is the intersectionality of it, which is disparate outcomes. Everything has become about disparate outcomes. So if you can look at a data set and see some sort of racial disparate outcome, in other words, we have a, Population lives in poverty and a population that doesn't. And they tend to be along racial lines. Not completely, because there are a lot of poor white people. But if you break down the poverty numbers, there is a disproportionate or disparate number, right, among minorities versus whites. So if you can find that data, that then proves, well, I was going to say systemic racism, but really... It'll help you prove whatever you wanted to prove for whatever political argument you're attempting to make. And so in this case, it's voter ID. And so they say, well, because you've got black folks living in poverty, they can't afford an ID. And they're using this argument based on the prior iteration of the voter ID law, because the current voter ID law provides for a free ID. Oh, but it's still costly. They can't get the ID, you see. They can't take a day off of work to go down to DMV. They can't, they don't have a car. They don't know any people. They can't get a ride. They can't take public transit. They can't get a taxi. They like, there's just no way they can make it down to the DMV place. So what did the Republicans do? They said, you know what? We'll provide a mobile ID unit, a mobile voter ID unit. We'll come to you. We'll show up at your house or your place of business Wherever you are, we will come. We'll take your picture. We'll get your photos. We'll get your ID made up. Boom. And you've got it. And you don't have to lift a finger except to, you know, dial our number or, you know, punch in our web address and book the appointment. That's all you need to do. So this is what the Republicans did. But Democrats argued in this court case based on the last iteration of the law. 
In fact, some of their star witnesses had admitted that they hadn't ever read the law that they were testifying about. They said they didn't read it. <laughs> and then they said that their plaintiffs, because you got to find somebody who was going to be hurt, you know, so they went on and they found some people. They had like this one woman who was there testifying on behalf of her um uh, of her son, who was special needs, and he follows politics. He watches CNN all day long. Yeah, so, okay. So he watches CNN all day long, and he loves going to vote. It's his big thing. He votes and votes and loves voting. It's a big deal for him. Okay, fantastic. Was he prevented? Would he be prevented from voting? No, because he can get a free ID. In fact, you could say it's another component if he's so jazzed about the process. Here's another step. Even the people who claimed as plaintiffs that they would be harmed could not show that they would be harmed. So the entire ruling rests on this idea that it's just about disparate outcomes. It's the CRT argument. We don't have to prove anything. We just have to assume stuff. That's all. Judge Nathan, uh, sorry, Nathaniel Poovey, he's the one Republican on the three-judge panel, and he voted against it. He ruled, voted against the majority, the other two Democrats. He voted against them. And he said there's not one scintilla of evidence that was introduced during this trial that any lawmaker acted with racially discriminatory intent. He said the plaintiffs relied on past history of other lawmakers and used an extremely broad brush to paint the 2018 General Assembly with the same toxic paint. The majority opinion in this case attempts to weave together the speculations and conjectures that plaintiffs put forward as circumstantial evidence of discriminatory intent. He said that they failed to meet their initial burden to prove the legislature acted with a racially discriminatory intent. Because that was their argument, that the legislature acted in a racially discriminatory way. And they didn't provide any evidence of that. But who needs evidence? Really, who needs evidence when I could just argue by juxtaposition, right? I could just line up a bunch of things together and say, what do you think it means? And if you're a Democrat, you're like, well, it obviously, you know, supports all my priors that Republicans are racist. And that's what the Democrat lawyers with robes did. That's what they decided. Two Wake County Superior Court judges decided that the entire legislative body that voted for the voter ID, including the black Democrats, they were all racist. Racially discriminatory intent. What the white rage and all. Black people who are experiencing white rage. <laughs> this is all. And to judges, this is believable. This is how silly. This is how silly it has become. It's not even. It's it's now. It's now starting to um, proceed into the territory of dangerous. Like at first, it's like, oh my gosh, how silly. You're an idiot. Now it's like, oh my God. Like. You're dangerous to the society if you're thinking like this and you have authority to make these types of pronouncements. God help us all. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. So get this, the majority of the two judges on this uh, panel that ruled against voter photo ID and the law that the General Assembly has been trying to pass basically since 2013... Uh, these two judges actually said, these Democratic judges actually said in their court opinion, their ruling, 
Quote, we do not find that any member of the General Assembly who voted in favor of Senate Bill 824 harbors any racial animus or hatred towards African-American voters, but rather that the Republican majority, quote, targeted voters who, based on race, were unlikely to vote for the majority party, even if done for partisan ends that constitutes racial discrimination. By the way, they have no proof of that either. They didn't have any, there was nobody that presented evidence of that either. Uh, Once again, liberal judges have defied, oh, sorry, this is Sam Hayes, uh, general counsel for the North Carolina House Speaker Tim Moore, who criticized the ruling in a statement saying, once again, liberal judges have defied the will of North Carolinians on election integrity. Voters of the state have repeatedly supported a voter ID requirement, going so far as to enshrine it in our state constitution. Senate Bill 824 is one of the most generous in the country, and it was modeled on those of other states. He says it will be appealed. Um, Senator Paul Newton, Republican from Cabarrus County, said, quote, for all their talk about a secure democracy, the left, with an able assist from the judiciary, is doing their best to undermine it. Today, a partisan court blocked the will of a majority of North Carolinians who amended their constitution to require photo ID. The North Carolina Constitution requires voter ID. Today, a court decided that requiring voter ID violates that same Constitution, <laughs> which is right, which is absurd. It's absurd. He says the court absurdly concluded that a law sponsored by an African-American Democrat was designed to harm African-American voters. It's unbelievable. Um Oh, one other point here. The case was brought by attorneys with the Southern Coalition for Social Justice and other attorneys on behalf of five North Carolina voters, none of whom could actually prove that they would be prevented from voting. But the Southern Coalition for Social Justice, this is important. You know why? One of our Supreme Court justices started it. She used to be the head of the Southern Coalition for Social Justice. Anita Earls. Yeah. And so Earls or Earl Earls. Yeah. So um, is she going to recuse herself from the case? You'll recall the state Supreme Court. There are Democratic judges, Earls being one of them, that are trying to force two Republicans off of hearing a case. A couple of them, actually. Now, too, um, there is an effort underway by these judges to force their Republican colleagues to be removed from these Two particular cases. One, because one of the justices is Phil Berger Jr., who is the son of state Senate President Pro Tem Phil Berger. And so they say, well, that's your dad. Yeah, but he's just named as a defendant because he's the Senate leader. Right. So is she going to recuse herself? Should Republicans try to get her off of the case? Let me give you a couple quick sentences here from the opinion. Uh, This is from uh, the majority, the two Democrats. They said, overall, the rushed process did not allow enough time for the legislature to consider data on who might be disenfranchised by the law to get public input or to debate all of the proposed amendments on the House floor. As if this has not been debated since 2013. This, yeah, it's absurd. The legislature has been debating voter ID in this state for almost a decade through various pieces of legislation and court cases. 
this idea that, oh, the Democrats just didn't have enough time to run their proposals or make their arguments. It's just not true. It's not true. We, we, we know your position. We've heard your argument. We just disagree. We disagree. Proponents of voter ID have heard the opponents of voter ID, and we disagree. You saying it all the time does not make me agree with you. So please, for the love of me, stop. I'm not interested in hearing your arguments anymore. I don't agree with them. But your Democrat judges did, so you're very happy. I love this, too. Point 89 in their ruling. State Senator Erica Smith, who represents a district comprised mostly of African Americans, gave a very passionate plea on the floor that this bill was really going to discriminate against or disenfranchise the voters in her area across the state as well. But despite being faced with information indicating that it could bear more heavily on African American voters... No changes were made to the bill to address her concerns. Okay. Um, not to, uh, not to, uh, I guess I should give a trigger warning on this, but um, who cares? I don't care if Erica Smith gave a passionate plea. Oh, sorry, a very passionate plea. I don't care. You know what she said in her uh, floor speech that was new? Nothing. Nothing is not a new argument. She's not made a new just because she was able to speak well about it and passionately does not convince me to change my opinion. So what? Everyone's a racist because they're not persuaded by her very passionate plea. Here's a question. Was it correct? Was it correct? Was it accurate? Was she right? Because I can make a very passionate plea about stuff that's not true at all. Being, being very passionate about a subject doesn't make you right about the subject. Or are we just supposed to say, well, she's making the argument so she would know. Is this sort of like the whole lived experience thing in critical race theory studies and, um, and in the anti-racism world, in the white fragility world, where simply because somebody has a certain skin pigmentation, we're supposed to believe that their lived experience must be the same for everybody else that shares that same immutable characteristic. I reject that. I reject that. I don't share every experience with everybody that shares my skin color or gender or political philosophy or anything. I'm an individual. So too is Erica Smith. So I reject that critical race theory garbage. Is that the argument that these justices are making? These judges are making? Stupid. By the way, in case you haven't noticed, like this is why I have such contempt for a lot of the judiciary now, <laughs> because you get reading these it's the worst thing I ever started doing was actually reading the court opinions by these lawyers, uh, judges. It's one of the worst things I did, because when you start reading this stuff, you're like, you guys are just making this stuff up. And they are. Um, they go on to say the General Assembly was under no legal mandate to enact legislation. It was in the Constitution. They ran on an idea They won. They said, we're going to do it. They were blocked from doing it. They went to the voters and they say, hey, do you guys want us to do it? And the voters said, yes, overwhelmingly so. A landslide, as a matter of fact. And they said, yes, we'll do it. And then they went and did it. And you don't like the fact that they did it. They say, as discussed, implementing legislation for other successful amendments was deferred until 2019 legislature was seated. Yeah, because they had an idea that the governor and the Democrats were going to veto it. 
for political reasons. Again, please just entertain the idea just for a moment that maybe Democrats behave in a partisan fashion and that their argument against voter ID is not actually rooted in some sort of everybody's racist kind of argument. It's actually about political power. Stick around. News is next.